everybody. You like our theme song, right? I sure do. Mm-hmm. Well, our theme song was made by Chiffon Mist featuring Cassandra Violet, who is our guest today on Boss Bitch. In like two seconds, you're going to hear her speaking voice. And then afterwards, you're going to hear more of her singing voice mm-hmm. because we are going to play for you her newest single, Invisible Man. That's right. Uh, her songs have been featured on the Mindy Project on uh, Ozark, on Ozark. Netflix. That's right. She's all over the place. She's playing all the time. She's a pop impresario. Impresarius? Sure. Sure. And also just an all-around super cool lady. Mm-hmm. My old neighbor. Wow. We're getting real. <laughs> Enjoy. Really real. <laughs> let's get started. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get started. You know, okay. Just, okay. Per, just picture us in, in flannels. We... Our beverages. signature is that we look like two women who have done improv. Yeah, we do. We've okay, spent too many white people. <laughs> yeah, is that me? <laughs> do I get texted? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I hope nobody texts me. Guys, don't text Rebecca. Okay, you can't everyone hear this. who's not, not listening live. in the future, don't text me in the past. <laughs> Grown women who do improv. I got it. <laughs> yeah, very much like. It's a lot of like flannel and jeans yeah. and like sneakers. That's yeah, it is. you nailed like it. Like high school chic a little bit. Yeah. You except not chic. Yeah. So like <laughs> like boring and done done. Yeah. Unflattering boring for the most done. part. Like again, we're not talking like good cuts of jeans. Oh and, no. Like flattering fits. <laughs> but we're not doing a boot cut anymore. That's so good. That's really good. We got that going. I've been for watching us. a lot of Gilmore Girls though, and they do a boot cut. Oh, all lots of the boot time. cuts. <laughs> Like, Sammy, cut? you're not wearing a boot cut, are you? No. Sammy, Sammy wearing never. a boot cut? <laughs> Can you imagine? Fuck no. We'd fire her. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, what were you saying, Cassie? I don't know. I was talking about boot cut jeans. The whole point is to go over the boot. That's so dumb. Yeah. No, there's no boots. Why would you hide a perfectly good boot? God. You spend money on the boot, and then it's like this tent around the boot, and you just see little pointy toes. It should be called boot. You need a little flats underneath what are we doing oh gross <laughs> wow this is this is gonna be we, our best episode yeah yet. we started with a vengeance we're we, so we're just isolating people left and right <laughs> yeah all we're 200 people cut. oh man okay so let's talk about you yeah Sandra. okay mm-hmm. yes um yes. So where are you from originally I am from Los Angeles, California. I actually was born and raised in Venice. Oh my God, you're the coolest person I've ever met. It's not that cool. I mean, it's it's like too cool now. And when I was growing up, it was like, I mean, it just was like, like it was just kind of dangerous. And <laughs> Sorry, then I can like, hear all the texts that are coming. I hope none of my friends have a breakdown during this recording. <laughs> just. Um, anyway, but you know okay. what, listeners, if you're hearing text messages, it's just Rebecca. I'm just extremely She's very popular. popular. Um, yeah, I have been to Cassie's uh, home. It is amazing. She was born between like two giant art books. Two giant art books. <laughs> <laughs> it's like adorable and beautiful. <laughs> Open your phone, Rebecca. Yes. Um, yes. So I'm actually from Venice, which is which makes me a unicorn, according to everybody. You uh, are a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. were your parents also California natives? How many generations does no. it go back? No, just just one. I feel like everyone at some point, except for like Pasadena. I feel like Pasadena is um, like the only 
one of the only areas that has like LA history of like multiple generations. My mom is from Pittsburgh. And my dad's from Chicago. They kind of made like the LA journey as like artists, mm-hmm. you know. Like we and did. then I was yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they kind of did that like for me. Did so. they meet each other out here, or did they meet yes in the Midwest slash East Coast? No, they met. They met out here. Awesome. They're both artists, so yeah. So Rebecca wasn't kidding when she said you were born was, between two art books. I was not. I was kidding. born between two. <laughs> I was born between two giant art books. <laughs> two giant right. coffee table Beautiful, books, like like yeah, <laughs> like matte coated. Um, yeah, not shiny. No, matte. never, matte. never. Matte. How, matte. how dare a shiny art book exist? Yes. You know, you're the way you grew up is the way that I always fantasized about growing up with artist parents, mm-hmm. like. Who just like get out there and like do their thing and like raise yeah. you and like cook all these organic foods for you. I had a lot of pop tarts growing up. My parents are lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> my my parents I mean, were not that either. Anyway, sorry, we're not talking about our parents. No, what <laughs> back to? I mean, you always like want you always want like a different thing than yeah. what you had. You know, like I mean, I there was no junk food allowed in my house, so then mm-hmm. I would just go to my friend's house and like. Mm-hmm binge on like twinkies and yeah what was your what was your fantasy junk food Mm -hmm. i mean everything everything that came in a package arby's Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) curly fries yeah just like just shit just like absolute just bad Mm -hmm. shit food yeah i love it i I mean isn't it weird how there arby's was a is a fast food chain that's just based in roast beef yeah this is like the strangest it's like, thing. Like high quality meats. Yeah. But like lower them. And yeah. just slice them very thin. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Arby's is really weird. Also, another restaurant that I think is really weird is Claim Jumper. Why is it called that? I don't know. Why but is it called, why is it called Claim, Claim Jumper? Because uh, it's supposed to be Western. It's like, uh, ooh, we like we got this plot of land. Let's have a giant cake on it. I have I have no idea what a giant cake. Yeah, they have this like very high cake. Uh, Dan Savage has this amazing, amazing piece about going. He has an eating friend. They only eat together, mm-hmm. and when they eat, they eat. Uh, and they went to claim jumper, and he was too high, and it was it's like <laughs> described nightmarishly. <laughs> so we'll put it on the Instagram. Yeah. Um, back to you though. Uh, yes. So uh, you, from a young age, were interested in music and being a musician, correct? Yes. That is uh-huh. correct. Do you remember how it started? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. Well, I've always really loved to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad taught me how to whistle when I was like five. Example, please. <laughs> um, oh, my God, that's a beautiful whistle. That's like the classiest whistle you've ever heard. Right? That's a Jiminy Cricket <laughs> whistle. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a Disney cartoon whistle. It very, absolutely is. It's very like startling for people. <laughs> everyone's like, "Yeah, you can whistle." And then you whistle, and you're, they're like, "Holy oh shit!" Oh my god! It's like a, a symphonic yeah. Everyone's whistle. like, "I beat you in a whistling contest," <laughs> and then I whistle, and it's like, "That's a beautiful whistle." Thing. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. So yeah, so, um, so I always had like a good ear and stuff, and I always kind of wanted to sing. And I guess I got into music more in the sense of like, my parents were always really into classical music. Like I grew up in this, like, you know, they're artists and like, they're very into like art and classical music. And there was a lot of classical music around and I, I, um, played the clarinet. Yeah. So did <laughs> uh, I. Weirdly. Yeah. I think everyone kind of started mm-hmm. on the clarinet. I like played it for a long time. That was my first instrument, like before I sang or anything, like I was mm-hmm. like 
really good at the clarinet and I really liked classical music a lot. And then I kind of got into jazz and, and stuff, but, um, I, yeah, I started on that. And then I realized that classical music was like, even like reading notes that someone else wrote off of a page was kind of limiting. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of, I, I really wanted to make my own music and I just always thought like you had to know all this stuff to know how, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, all this theory and it was so hard it was really complicated and I feel like um yeah I I think I just I sort of in when I was in my 20s I like sat down and wrote a song but I feel like a lot of the stuff I know about pop music and like even artists from like the 60s and 70s I found out like more for my friends and you know as opposed to like my parents and I'm and I'm so glad that I have this like you know classical and jazz music background I feel Mm -hmm. like it like really informs my music a lot but that's definitely like how I got into it and then I kind of had to figure out what I liked from there yeah. So it's I have like a very sort of like classical background. I never went to music school or anything, but that's how it started. Like that's the music that was played in my house, you know? Yeah, totally. So when you were playing the clarinet, were you playing in like a school uh band? Yeah, we yeah, I was in like yeah. I was in like band and orchestra and marching band and I was like definitely band band geek for sure. Ooh. So wait, did your parents support you being a musician or having ambitions towards that? Um, I think I guess they won't listen to this, will they? No. <laughs> no. Oh, your mom. I hope your mom does and writes me a very poetic <laughs> email about it. I mean, I think they did. I mean, I also had this dream. I I always had this dream of being a singer, you know, and mm-hmm. I I think my parents had both um, really struggled so much to find consistent work as artists mm-hmm. that they were really preoccupied by me um, like having a steady job and like a steady income and a paycheck and like a retirement account like you know all these things yeah. that um, they had like struggled to get and I think my mom in particular is sort of you know like very I mean her you know her parents uh, like grew up during the depression and like this sort of like you know Jewish mother like she's mm-hmm. just very like preoccupied with like, me like having steady work and so it's not like they weren't supportive but I think um they always thought it was cool but I think they never really I, I don't know I think they like me writing songs and, and stuff like that they think it's cool I think they've never really like they don't really listen to pop music, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it, me playing the clarinet was kind of maybe easier for them to understand, right? Think, yeah, in a way, you know. So, you know, so I, I don't want to say they're unsupportive. I I just think that they they worry. I mean, yeah, they they were yeah mm-hmm. they're worried. I mean, I think it, yeah, I think it, it's hard. I think yeah i don't know it's it takes a lot i mean i had like a placement on the netflix show ozark recently and i feel like (laughs) then like my family was suddenly not my family but like you know everyone was suddenly like oh wow congrats yay and i'm like i wrote this song like four years ago in my bedroom (laughs) you know like this is not like this is not new yeah yeah thank you i'm glad a a television show wow Made it. I'm like, <laughs> I guess it's like a placement. I'm glad, but I think I've been doing this you know, for a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. for a long time. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, I think with a lot of artistic endeavors, people, especially of perhaps looking at it from a parental perspective, it's hard to right. take seriously until 
they get a solid grasp of you making yeah. money doing mm-hmm. it. You know, right. Um, right. my parents are constantly very supportive, but also asking me when I'm going to get paid. <laughs> You know, right? And it's right. like I'd like, love like, to know that dates? too, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it, that is comforting oh. to know, though, that as you know, whatever parents from whatever walk of life, they all just want to make sure that you have enough money. To yeah, live. <laughs> just like, feed yourself, right? Please, God, get. That I think that insurance. was very much that was very much their concern. Although I do want to, like, when I was younger and stuff, I never was like, oh, music is the one thing that I for sure want to do. Like, it took mm-hmm. me, I think a while to kind of figure out that I need to make music to like be a happy person Mm -hmm, you know like I need to be like making art and my the form that where art is like the clearest for me to express myself is through music that's the most direct way that I can be like oh I have a thing and I want to sing about it and I want to write about it and then I'll play it for people and it's just like it's really immediate I also write and I feel like that takes longer and but I I also come from like a writing background like I went to school for English and stuff so Mm -hmm. I think I didn't I wasn't super clear I think yeah, I think sometimes, like when you're in high school, especially, it's like, what are you gonna do with your life? And there's some people who know already, right. you know, and other people, it, it just takes a little longer to to evolve, like figure out what you want to do. What were some of your other potential things that you wanted to do when you were growing up? Oh man, I mean, oh, that's a really good question. I don't know. And there's still there's still so many things that I love to do. Like I still love to write. I love to cook. Mm-hmm. I love to. Um, I don't know. I love to like talk to people. I'm also a teacher. I love to like I just have discussions with like teenagers about like controversial issues. <laughs> I mean, like mm-hmm. I there's like so many things. I mean, I think I, yeah, I think there's <laughs> there's a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. On my way here actually, I saw a guy um riding on a skateboard and I thought to myself for the first time I was like, oh, man, I'm probably never going to know how to ride a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was like, and I really thought that one day I would. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it just doesn't happen. No. Yeah. But oh, yeah. So you you teach also. Um, I am also a high school teacher. Yeah. So, but That's there's this amazing. bridge as a pop musician. I can call you that, right? That's what. Yeah. Okay. As a pop musician, like bridging the gap between uh, the students or not bridging the gap, but do you think uh, a lot of your music is informed by being around a lot of teenagers or do you think there's like a chasm with that? There's definitely a huge chasm. Um, It's like a, it's a very funny thing. I mean, I think even like very recently I've been like, yeah, guys, like I'm a musician. Like you can find me online. I obviously don't push it on them, but like Mm -hmm. I still, if the kid's like, oh, I found your music. I'm like, oh, all right cool mm-hmm. but like I used to get like really weird with it because I mean like obviously my music is so personal it's about like really personal stuff and I mm-hmm. it's like very vulnerable and I think a lot of times teaching kids um you know just by virtue of being a teenager they don't really see their teachers as like a whole person you know mm-hmm. just sort of like oh this is a person and they do this and they grade me and blah and you know I think it's just it's it's very very vulnerable for for me and I don't really talk about it with them that much I mean I talk about like the asset like telling your story is really important and making art is really important and I think that's like the most important thing you know to do like in the whole world but I think there's definitely like you know a, a break with it they're all they always ask me to sing for them and I keep meaning to um it's just so <laughs> vulnerable I feel like so uh it's like 
yeah, they so they know that I do that, but um, there's I wish there were more of an overlap. I feel like, uh, yeah, I just I have like a double life. Like truly, I really I really I know, do. Absolutely. So. Wait, have any of your students ever come to your shows? Or no, because um, I've always been too young. Because usually I play at a bar. But that's so yeah. funny that you say that because just today, two of my former students just like showed up at school and they were like, "Oh my gosh." We're here to visit you and they were like we're finally 21 and we can come to your show <laughs> <laughs> it was really cute and i was like okay i have one on december 2nd mm-hmm. there that's amazing yeah that is yeah. very very cool um i feel yeah. like it is it's such a strange negotiation also you having been in that position at one point too and kind of coming full, full circle where you're a student, you don't really think of your teachers as full people, and then you mm-hmm. right. an artist, and then you're the teacher, and you're like, I have there's so much more to me than this, and this is cool and right. wonderful, but man, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. I do feel like, yeah, it's just really divided. My life is is pretty divided, and I, I don't know how to not make it that way, but it's also cool. I think just doing one thing all the time is you know absolutely it's less exciting yeah, yeah i think so, yeah doing different things informs um the different arts and disciplines yeah do mm-hmm. a lot i think at least yeah. i hope so because i'm we're always running around <laughs> all of us um, i know yeah but i wanted to ask you too um so you've been doing music in la for a number of years um mm-hmm. do you feel like the la scene is different than other scenes that you're familiar with or from people you know Oh man, that's a good question. I mean, I've just, <laughs> I've heard a lot of times that it's easier to make music in other towns that aren't mm-hmm. like, you know, LA. Also, I think, I mean, who knows, who knows what is popular and what isn't whatever. But I feel like someone told me once like, oh, being from LA isn't like the story, you know, like mm-hmm. say that you're from somewhere else. <laughs> like, yeah. but, but like I, cause people in LA are like, oh yeah, the musician from Omaha or whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, How exotic. Folk singer mm-hmm. with the feather in her hat or whatever. <laughs> so I think it's, it's maybe like less of a story. It's just a tough town, you know? I mean, I always feel like um like the best thing about LA and the worst thing about LA is that no one gives a shit about you like no one cares you know right. yeah and then suddenly people care sometimes and then they don't care so like you can do whatever you want but also like you can do whatever you want you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah that makes sense um also I feel like the music industry is such a to me it's so ambitious ambiguous now you know it used to be when we were growing up I feel like people wanted to be musicians they got a record deal and then that was kind of it then the record company figured everything out for you and now I feel like it's the from a complete outside perspective it seems like everything kind of has to be DIY do you agree with that yeah absolutely I'm not on a record label um and I know from people who are that like a lot of things are paid for, but then you have to like pay it back. And there's mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. no easy way. And you would just have to like put yourself out there. And I mean, with everything, with all yeah. performers, I mean, my friend just told me she like is an actress and went on some audition and they were like, well, you know, one thing you can do is boost your social media following because people oh, are hiring God. based on the number of yeah. followers you have. And it's can you just, be it's everything? So pervasive. <laughs> everything. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's so pervasive. It's everywhere. And I think, yeah, it's, I mean, 
I think Instagram is cool and stuff, but I also think like, it's, I don't know. It's yeah. So I think that is like a huge thing. Social media is a huge thing. And I think it's this weird, it's very weird. It's very ambiguous. Everyone's just like trying to get on like a Spotify playlist, you know, curated list that'll make you and just it's, and no one exactly knows kind of like how to make it or how to make money. And everyone is kind of like, you know, always thinking that other people are like doing better than they are because of what they put on social media. Yeah, well, that's just totally. it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's just an odd. It's really, it's really odd, and it's it's so easy to get bogged down and like, oh man, this yeah. sucks, or like, I'm paying for this myself. <laughs> this is expensive, or like whatever. But I feel like the the entire point of music for me is just to like, here's this one thing, and like, this is my art, and it's like a joy for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just like trying to focus on like art, joy. This is what I get to do. And it's like this, like, it's a freeing thing. I want it. I want to have it be freeing for me. Yeah. So follow-up question in that vein, when did you feel the proudest to be a musician or the most excited, or is there some highlight of your career that kind of comes back to you and keeps you motivated? Um, oh man, what a good question. I think, um, (laughs) (laughs) I think, um, yeah, I mean, I already mentioned that, but like this past summer when I got that placement on Ozark, Mm -hmm. when I had my song on Ozark on that Netflix show and it sort of like came out of the blue because my song had been, you know, I'd written that song a while ago and I think initially like, I, um, like when I started like, you know, looking for placements and stuff, it was like sort of through like other people and through, you know, I was like trying to go through this and I had like written a song with another person and it was like sort of through them. And, and the song that got placed, I'd written totally by myself. Um, Mm, like I wrote it by myself. I wrote it on my guitar, like in my bedroom in 10 minutes, you know, it was one of Mm -hmm. those like fluke kind of things. And, Mm -hmm. and when I got that, I was just like, Oh, Oh yeah. Because I feel like a lot of times, you know, I mean, even with like a music library, someone is like, oh, we want this kind of song to pitch it, you know? And like, mm-hmm. I think it's, I don't know, people kind of try to to get things that sound like other things to get placed in a show. And it was just one of those reminders where it was like, oh, you just like, when you write what you hear in your head and you make it how you want, want it to be heard, then people will respond to mm-hmm. that, you know? And it was yeah. just like, oh, okay. I don't, Yeah. I just, you can, you can do it alone. You know, you can, I mean, I like to collaborate too, obviously, but I think it was just like, oh yeah. Okay. Got it. Like, it was just like this reminder. Yeah. Maybe a confidence booster. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That you did on your own. Um, so how did the placement come about? Did they, how did they find your song? Um, it was in a music library and it was just pitched to them and, and placed. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you yeah. remember which episode it was on? It's on the fourth episode. Okay. Nice. It's like eight minutes in, and it's a very short placement, and it's like a close-up on Laura Linney's face as she's sticking, um, like, rental signs into the ground. Okay. I know exactly what episode you're talking about. Yes. The fourth episode. Yeah, like eight amazing. minutes. Yeah. Amazing. So where where do you see your career? Oh, we have so many things to talk about. Um, women, uh, career, blah blah blah. Oh my god, tons uh-huh. of shit. Um, yeah, where would you like to be in in like ten years? Oh my god, in ten years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, provided the world is. Still... I was going to say as long as the world is not <laughs> um, completely exploded or imploded. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, I think in 10 years, I just want to like, I don't know. I uh, continue to make music and I want to collaborate with as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And I want to collaborate with as many like women as possible. And I want to write with people and I want to just, I feel like I, I constantly am inspired by different music. I feel like, I mean, even like my sound now is much more inspired by like, 60s pop as opposed to you know like folk music when I first started I was like sort of subconsciously copying Joni Mitchell whereas opposed to like now I'm much more inspired by like New Orleans and jazz and like Mm -hmm. the you know the Shangri-Las or whatever like I think and I'm constantly inspired by different stuff and I think I just want to make as much music as I can um and be allowed to kind of like experiment and do that without um I just want to still find joy Mm -hmm. in it that's like honestly my whole life and yeah that's that's all and and make more of it and more often and if I have more success with it and I get more placements and more money and I can do it more full-time then that'd be great Mm -hmm. um but if not I think there is also like a real joy to this thing that you you know the, to your art and to like preserving your art mm-hmm. and I think that's yeah. really important you know absolutely it's interesting our last guest that we had in the studio has a similar joy where she's a magician it was just like seeing it happen mm-hmm. and having that motivate you it's so pure yeah it's very pure it's very pure that's also kind of why I don't want to talk to my students or people about it I I get like I need to be better at, at talking about music but I I feel like as soon as you talk about it, sometimes it, it's sort of not like it loses its magic. That sounds awful to say, but it's it's just I, for me, it's this like really intangible thing when I'm like writing a song or like singing something. I, I feel like I can't explain it in words, which is weird because I'm a very verbal person. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like as soon as you explain it and you explain why, why you're thinking this and why you wrote this, it's sort of like it, it loses its luster almost a little bit. Yeah, like well, it's kind it. of opening your sanctuary up to other people, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that's what what yes, so well articulated. Oh, I think thank you. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> you got this, Lindsay. Oh man, I'm gonna make a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sanctuary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? Um, what do you think it's like being a woman specifically in the music industry, and maybe just the industry in LA? Um, <sighs> how that's more difficult, easier, more complicated if you've encountered sexism, et cetera? Um, that's really interesting. I haven't r- really encountered it um, as much as, I mean, most of the people who play in my band are, are guys um, and I love them and they're amazing and wonderful. And most of the people that I've written with are, are guys, men. Mm-hmm. And um, I like that. And I find that's like a, a valuable counterbalance to my energy, to my like very, very feminine vibe. Mm-hmm. But I also think, um, I don't know, it's just like more representation by women is awesome. And I think, yeah, I just, I want to like learn more about how to produce things. I also, obviously, I think everyone, um, everyone who I talked to recently is like, God, I really want to work with more female producers. Like, where mm-hmm. are they? And like, I know they exist, but I think I, I want to get better at like producing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I also think it's really wonderful to collaborate with people and yeah, on the production end, I, I haven't really worked with, with too many women. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so I just I just don't know like what that experience is like and that's just sort of like sort of how it is and I also think like I mean there's all these articles that like you know Bjork like when she's talking about her record everyone's like oh yeah well who you know produced it she's like I produced it you know mm-hmm. um but I think yeah I just I want to produce more like I know I want to like just get better with like Ableton and with software and with all of those things so that you know just the, the more that you can do independently I think the better but I wish I I could work with more women and mm-hmm. write with women and you know have women produce my songs and you know I think that that's cool I like working with guys but I think I, I don't know I I just yeah just more more diversity generally I think mm-hmm. is always yeah. better so the the people that you do cl- collaborate with now where did you find them how did you guys end up hooking up um great question well i mean i've i've worked with so many musicians over the years right now um i am working a lot with um, my keyboard player derek Halla, and he's really amazing chiffon he's also mist. called chiffon mist um of the boss bitch uh <laughs> boss theme, bitch. Fame. Right? theme song mm-hmm. yeah and he's he's great i met him um through a band that i was in with my friend taylor dexter called air life and he just played this like amazing you know like wurlitzer 70s just like shimmering disco key stuff and i was like you're great i call him the wizard uh so <laughs> i i read a lot um with him and he like produces he produced the cp um, we like co-produced it essentially. And, um, yeah, but I think like, I usually, I write something like on my loop pedal and then, um, I bring it to him and like, we arrange it and he like writes some chords and then like, we bring it to the band and they kind of like write their own parts. So that's, that's usually so cool. like, that. Yeah. that's my pattern for how I do it. I don't really write, um, a lot on like, like a keyboard or a guitar, at least not, not right now. Um, because I mean, first of all, cause I don't really know how to play them very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically why, but also because <laughs> I feel like it's more, <laughs> but it's more, um, freeing for me to just like write with my voice. I really enjoy that. And you can do that if you just write with a loop, it kind of, it limits you though, because then you can only do like two chords, you know, and you switch back and forth and then mm-hmm. you can't do that much with mm-hmm. it. But I, I feel like it's more freeing for me to, to at least start that way. Like mm-hmm. I have to feel like free if I'm going to write, I want to feel like free, like it's not a burden, you know? Right, so yeah. I want to like do whatever I can do to trick myself into like thinking that it's a free and fun thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I also feel like with your music and the audience, the listeners will see this too. It feels like with some mus- musicians, they are kind of an extension of their instrument, but you feel so much like your instrument, especially with doing mm-hmm. stuff. Like you feel very self-contained a lot of the time, um, mm-hmm. which is cool. And I love your looping. I- check out her looping stuff. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, today in weirdly in my class, we were like talking about, um, like alter egos and like who your alter ego would be and i was like i was thinking about that like with my music and like gains (laughs) (laughs) everyone's alter ego is chris gains Uh, (laughs) soul patch no cowboy hat (laughs) sorry it's a really fast response yeah Um, well that's the only alter ego i know (laughs) 
so what was I going to say? So yeah, I, I was thinking about that and I was like, I feel like my, my music is like an extension of me, but it's also kind of like my alter ego. If I got to like, just be this, like, I don't know, just like this alternate person who mm-hmm. like dropped down from the sky and this like glamorous girl group woman who, mm-hmm. you know, is like, it's, it's me exaggerated, but it's also kind of like, you know, if I could really be this person all the time, I would, but it's, I think like, it's a distillation of who I am, but it's also kind of like an alter ego in mm-hmm. a sense that I feel like this person is always kind of like in my brain. Um, but I don't always have the chance to like express it. I yeah. Think. Yeah. That makes sense. That's a cool, I think that's a cool like way to think about art, you know, like this alter ego that you're trying to like express who, mm-hmm. who are they, yeah. you know? I mean, I think a lot of people kind of, it becomes an exaggerated version of themselves, myself. Yeah, exactly. Um, But it's interesting to think of it as an alter ego as kind of an inverse, too. Um, Yeah. The things that you're afraid of or the things that you're, like, kind of shy about coming through. I like that. I like that a lot. I know. So tell us about your new album. When yeah. okay. First of all, when it's does out it on, come out? Um yes, it's out on December first. I am self-releasing it and you can pre-order it right now on iTunes. It's called EP four. Mm-hmm. Um for many reasons. Four is like a coded number in Ooh, my life. Tell us why. Um, you know, ah, well, it's well, so first of all, it's the fourth EP that I've released. Um, four is like my lucky number. I've always had a lot of like lucky associations with four. Mm. Um, it started when I was in seventh grade and my best friend, um, we were doing, we were trying to, um, see if we could be psychic together. And I imagined Mm -hmm. the number four Mm -hmm. and she realized that I was thinking of four, which (gasps) now, I mean, I think is like a, a coincidence, but since then I was always like, Oh, okay. So four is like my lucky number. And I just four has always appeared. It appears in like addresses where I live always. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's four songs on the record. Also, my boyfriend um, is the fourth. Like fourth he has boyfriend. the same name is like the fourth person in his family to oh. to be named that name. And his dad literally calls him four sometimes. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. It's like Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah. This is yeah, fascinating. And a couple of the songs are definitely like about him, um, like alluding to him or like directly about him. So I think it's, it was, I mean, obviously like a coded, you know, thing. Yeah. I love kind that. Of alluding to him. If yeah. you ever meet Jay-Z and Beyonce, are you going to tell them that your favorite number is four as well? Yes. <gasps> I know. I realized that 444. Yeah. Damn. Speaking of Jay-Z's album, um, the guy Jonah Levine who played trombone on this EP also played trombone on that record. Oh, <laughs> Sammy's like, oh, <laughs> levels, ladies. Levels. <laughs> Don't she's never said that in her life. <laughs> and That's he's really cool. amazing. So yeah, and he is going to be mm-hmm. at my EP release show, which is the day after the EP comes out, which is at the Moroccan Lounge, which is mm-hmm. an amazing cool new space in uh the arts district in downtown la awesome and, okay, and we'll have all the info there on here moroccan lounge in the harpist naomi green is opening for me and then i'm gonna plan it's gonna harpist. be a big party um 
It's going to be great. I have a tap dancer who's going to tap. What? Holy shit. I have a horn section. I have full band. I have backup singers. It's going to be like a That's whole so exciting. big party. I yes. love it. Oh, my God. I love it. We um, are going to play your single after this episode yes. or after we're done talking to you. Um, but we ask all of our guests a question at the end of the episode. Um, and that is, if you had any advice for young women, it could be within music, but just generally, um, what mm -hmm. advice would you give them? Oh, gosh. I mean, to, um, it sounds generic, but to not care if people like you, um, to, uh, to really figure out what makes you happy. Um, and then if you figure that out, then you will attract people who like you for who you are, mm -hmm, you know, instead mm -hmm. of trying to change yourself or, or be different or, or be, you know, try to be like pretty or like something that you don't like, or try to look a certain way. I think so many girls, young girls try to like fit in, especially now on like social media and all this stuff. I think it, you know, it makes people feel not confident. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think, I don't know. And I also think it's so human to want, to want to be loved and, you know, Absolutely. to want, and I think just make your art and figure out what you want to say and how you want to sound and just do it. Just do it. Like sit down, sit down and do it. Don't even, don't think about it. Like just do it and then everything else will come. Yay. I love it. And you get to tell your students that too. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do. I, I need to tell them more. I, yeah, I just want to, everyone to feel more confident. Yeah. yeah I love that. I love it too. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Joy. Thank you for having me. I'm so sorry that I'm still on South Main Street. <laughs> it's okay. It's like you're right here. Exactly. You know, it's, it's great. Um, and listeners, stay tuned. Uh, we will be playing Cassandra Violet's single off her new EP right after this. Yay. It's Thank called you. Invisible Man. Enjoy <laughs> Invisible it. Invisible Man. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Julie's
that you understand that when I fall in love, I never get the upper hand. I